This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Get ready for Brexit on the 31st of October. Brexit will bring changes that affect businesses in many ways particularly if you buy from EU suppliers, sell to EU customers, provide services to EU clients and receive customer data from other businesses in the EU. Businesses need to prepare. Find out how at gov.uk slash Brexit. Get ready for Brexit on the 31st of October. This programme was previously broadcast live on Love Sport Radio, so some items may be out of date. For more podcasts or to listen live, visit lovesportradio.com. You are listening to the Crystal Palace Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined by the Back of the Nest podcast, James Howard and Dr. Kernaz. There is so much to be talking where Palace are concerned. The brilliant run they're on because they are, regardless of the result on the weekend. You look at Dr's already smiling. He's like, yeah. "No way, Charlie! Stop <laughs> what you're saying right now and tell the no, truth." No, I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> but the way you look at that league table and they're still up there, they're still going well. Always a tough task to play the champions home or away. Many teams are going to face a side like that and come away with the same result Palace are doing well this season we're going to be talking about that game delighted to say Harvey Jones a Palace vlogger will be joining us in a short while then we'll look to the game on the weekend with Arsenal and if you're Palace right now you're going to fancy your chances because Arsenal out of sorts losing to Sheffield United and as DR tells me as he walked in he's very confident about this game so uh, I think me and him might get into that a little bit <laughs> and we'll look forward to it but as always you can get into it as well you can tweet us at Love Sport Radio or you can call us 0208 70 20 558. You can also WhatsApp on the same number as well. Uh, so get in touch with your views because when the Eagles are in town, we want to hear about them and them only, especially for the next 60 minutes with Back of the Nest. Let's start though from the top, as we always do. The City game. Ultimately, a terrific performance from City. We can't take nothing away from it. The professionalism from their side, and, and when they're on their best, they're almost surgical. Like, you know, they're brawling us, Sterling. They can be frightened at times, but we have to say, Palace, you know, maybe two and far between, did have their chances, DR. Yeah, in the second half, um, we did have our chances, but I mean, you look at what I was most worried about going into this game is conceding before half time because I knew that once we concede, the game will just go in City's favour. As he did 45 and, yeah, seconds did. later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you just... Um, and another thing was just the players concentrating for the whole nine minutes. And unfortunately, you look at the first goal, two mistakes, you can look at Jeffrey Schlub and look at both Joel Ward. So I'm not I'm not that upset about the result. You know, we still gave it a go in the second half. Of course, they had some brilliant saves. Um, the Benteke header, I mean, that was brilliant from their goalkeeper. Benteke. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, we talked about it after the San Marino game and look at him now, he's heading the ball. It doesn't sound that great, but it's positive. At least he's doing something. It was positive because I thought that was a fantastic save by Edison, actually, because, you know, it was his first touch, Benzinger, wasn't it? He yeah, just come on yeah, just and then uh, a minute later or so he had that chance. But the annoying thing about any game is when you go 1-0 down, let's quickly regroup, you know, let's switch on. City scoring, obviously, from a Palace attack as well, a counter-attack, a minute after, whatever it was after DR. Very disappointing that, wasn't it? It was, but it also showed what would happen if we went out if we went into the game uh, playing openly and attacking City 
I mean, you look at the second goal, there were so many spaces in behind because we decided to push forward after we conceded the goal. So I don't. after the game, there were people questioning Roy's tactics and I'm not really buying into it because, I mean, you saw what happens if you leave too much space open. I thought the setup was correct and it's just a matter of, you know, you look at what happened at the Etihad last season where we were tight and compact. We went with the same approach, but the unfortunate thing was... was we considered in the first half and I mean I was overall not that displeased with the result it sounds crazy but we lost 2-0 but we had our chances as well well let's bring James into it and get your thoughts on the game and I want to ask you A what you thought of, of the game James and your take on it all but DR mentioned something there you know uh, some uh, uh, fans uh, Palace fans not happy with Hodgson's tactics it always feels like Roy gets the blame in some capacity and maybe to a sense rightly so he is the manager and the buck does fall there for, for all clubs you know Arsenal last night you know Unai Emery's coming for a lot of stick today and, and, and rightly so managers take it but when it is Palace when it when it doesn't go wrong you know whether it's the players it, it certainly feels like Roy we're quick to point a finger is that fair also? Yeah um, to be honest I was disappointed and I was bored at the game to be right, honest wow, okay. and that's James unusual the, I'm a bit scared I'm one of Roy's biggest fans mm. and he's done a great job mm. overall but when you look at what happened last season it was at the end of the season fair enough but we were safe and it was very very negative the way he set up the team and you could see that the amount of chances and ball possession that we had give, we were giving Manchester City that they were going to score. And I felt that this season, although we weren't math- we're not mathematically safe, of course, but we're in a much stronger position. Completely. Plus the fact that Manchester City are beatable this season, we should have had a, we should have had a go for, go for it. And we should have really gone for it and, and, and really pushed up against their defence. And they didn't, and apparently they didn't have their usual mm. centre-backs playing. But, you know, the flip side of that, James, and mm. there is a, a big part of that, I agree. You always want to see your side, you know, take a stab at it, really make a fight of it, set out some intentions. If if Palace do do that and then they get torn apart and it's 4-5 nil, then we say Roy got the tactics wrong again. And, and, and it's almost a case of never winning. Is that also fair to say, DR? Yeah, I think... Our strengths are not going and um, attacking it's not the teams Palace like way, that. It's is not it? the Palace way. I mean, we do we don't play great football. I understand that, but we haven't played great football all season long, and we're still sixth. So we play to our strengths, and I have no problems with with the way uh, Roy approached the game. As you said, if we went out openly and attacked them, I feel like yes, they didn't have their centre backs there, but they still have so much quality in midfield, and even with the tight spaces that we did have, they still managed to find gaps in behind. Imagine if we went out there would have been so many more gaps and they would have just destroyed us to pieces. They've just got that much quality. We're not on the same playing field. You look at the bench. I mean, the bench is better than some of our starting 11 players um, playing. So, I mean, I had no problem with the approach whatsoever. And I just think it's a matter of that we conceded in the first half and two quick goals and then just from then on I had no hope anyways because you just look at the quality and you look at the second goal you have to give respect to City I mean that uh, that chip that pass that team goal was unbelievable exactly that chip pass and there's nothing you could do maybe for the first goal we could have done better but quality just shows the second goal they were just much better James if it's fair to say I feel like you're a little bit frustrated tonight maybe at the performance you know because you're saying you're a big fan of Roy and you've always you know stuck by him sung his praises on the show but you just feel like you was bored you was frustrated is there something that's just not working out for you have you put your finger at where this frustration stems from is it just this game or is it things that you've noticed over the course of the season no, no, just this game. You've got 20,000 plus Palace fans paying good money to go and watch a home home match. Mm. You would expect a little bit more ambition from the manager in, the t- in terms of tactics. I would completely understand this situation and the tactics we, we played if it was away from home. But I think there was an opportunity to, for us... Palace to have a go at Manchester City I think they do have weaknesses at the back and I felt that Roy Hodgson already f- was going to take a 2-0 loss from before the whistle was blown to start the game um, and reading between the lines at his press conference he was like well yeah you know we kind of like accept a 2-0 loss they're a great, si- they're a great team etc etc well I 
I just think it's very much a lack of ambition and very, very um, disheartening for the fans. Are you saying that, though, only, James, because of the recent City results, obviously losing to Wolves, and you're saying that they're vulnerable because, you know, maybe they can be gotten, maybe they don't have their centre-backs, but Roy, ultimately, as the manager, he has to set his side out and the team, whether it's entertaining or not, the best way he can to get points. But he set his side out in exactly the same fashion last season against them, and they haven't really changed many of their players, as he did this time. So I, I when I saw what was happening, I thought, oh, we're going to lose this 2-0. Because straight from the first minute, they were getting Well, how chances. did he set them out away then? Because you got that victory when Townsend oh, sorry, saw I mean, that the home. I mean, when I'm comparing it to our home yeah. home uh, performance, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's different when we were playing away because they're on, they're on the front foot. Just very quickly, because I want to bring DR into this, but we have had a caller into the studio, and you can as well call us on 0208 because there's a lot of things going on tonight. Uh, Keith, uh, really appreciate you calling in. What did you make of the result on the weekend and Roy's tactics? Um, yeah, I agree with um, one of your colleagues there. Um, I thought um, we were pretty negative in the first half. I thought you were, we, did, we did well to hold them uh, in the first half, and then, then we gave away you know, a really soft goal. Um, I I just think, um, yeah, his tactics, you know, he didn't have a go. You know, we knew that they didn't have two centre-halves. They they had two of their other full-backs or midfield players playing at centre-back. And we showed in the last 10 minutes of the game, uh, when we really had a go at them, you know, what we could do. Now, I know they were tuning up and all that, but... um, uh, you know, I, I just think that the teams, not only that, the team selection as well. Um, I, I replied to one of the tweets from back in the yesterday when the question was asked um, about whether Lucas should have played. Um, I think it was uh, 100% obviously that he was going to play, you know, come back into the side after the West Ham game. But anybody that went to West Ham would have probably said he shouldn't have come back in the side. That was our best performance of the season at West Ham. James McCarthy, who came in the side, who hadn't played, I think, a full game for probably nearly two years, I, th- I thought was outstanding. He's got pace, he shoots, and he's a, he's a much more skillful player than, than Luca. Now, we've given Luca a four-year contract. Now, whether he's, um, you know, he seems to sit back, you know, after that, I don't know. But I'm amazed that the question hasn't been asked to Roy. Uh, it's about his bookings. I mean, he was basically out of the game within... 10 to 15 minutes on uh, on Saturday having got booked. He's now been booked six times in the eight games he's played this season. Now, is that showing up that he's too slow in the position he's playing and whether he should be playing in the side? I might be playing devil advocates here, but like, I feel like with Luca, if you look at the amount of games he's played, I think it's a bit harsh on him as well. Um, I mean, he we saw it last season with Andros Townsend and um, James McArthur as well where towards the end of the season they both struggled due to the amount of games they've played with Luca, it's not a matter of only this season it's been for around since Roy's come in he just loves Luca so much that he's played him in midfield I feel like with Luca, it's not the fact that he should get dropped I don't like that phrase but maybe a rest is needed with him and I understand your point with James McCarthy but do you think that Roy will actually change it going into the Arsenal game? Um, I don't think he will. No, he's very stubborn, and he sticks to his players. As we slip, as we slip, um, seen with Schlott this, you know, uh, everybody says that he's one of his favourites. I mean, uh, on 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 Sunday at Arsenal, I I would play Benteke up front. I'd bring um, Townsend in for Schlott, and I'd bring um, McCarthy in for Luke. We need we needed somebody up front on on Saturday, who could hold the ball up. Now, Ayu has played really well and worked hard, but if you get balls down the middle, he's not going to win balls in the air. We need somebody when we're under a lot of pressure, and we will be under a lot of pressure against Arsenal, even though they lost last night. I mean, the amount of pace that they've got, they could really worry our defence, but we saw with the goal that they conceded from crosses, you know, that we, we need somebody... Uh, up front with a bit of height who can hold the ball up. And I, and I also think Townsend uh, and Zahar on the wings with Benteke in the middle, um, I think we need something like that on Sunday. You mentioned um, Roy stubbornness, and yes, I agree with you. Um, I mean, look at last season, it was just dreadful. But you saw on Saturday where he actually subbed off Jeffrey Schlupp at the 55th minute, whereas normally we'll wait until the 75th minute. And also, you saw even Luca, he got subbed off. Do you think that that could potentially change? Um, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I have noticed, you know, about him making his substitutions earlier, which is, 
I, I think it's you know quite a positive um, attitude from him. But uh, I, I mean, it will be interesting to see what does happen on Sunday. And uh, I mean, the other question going, going away from the subject of those plays is what has happened to Camaraza? I mean, he he wasn't actually raving about me, but he said um, a few weeks back how he was unlucky. He wasn't getting a chance, but he's not even getting on the bench. I mean, we've got Riedel on the bench who basically doesn't look like he's ever going to play uh, regularly in the first team for Palace. I mean, why he's still here, presumably nobody wants him. But we signed Canamaraza on loan. Now, is it just because we don't want, don't want to have to pay the money after he's played, played so many games? Or, you know, does any, anybody got any idea what's going on with him? Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you. Um, Rodgson is a very, very, very safe safe manager. Um, very difficult for him to, to change things and make a decision. I've always felt he really struggles making a decision, whether it was when he was manager of England or manager now at Crystal Palace. Uh, and I think for him to bring in a new player, um, it's going to take maybe a couple of injuries. Um, and unfortunately, although all us fans and obviously Cardiff fans rate him very, very highly, we would love to see him have an opportunity of maybe a half. I just don't. Roy's got it in him to, to take a chance, uh, unfortunately. But I'm with you. I would I would like to see a bit more ex- experimental uh, with the the squad. To be honest, Keith, we really appreciate you calling into the studio. Feel free to call us at any time. It's really good to get the debate flowing, and you still can call Eagles fans. Call us 0208 70 20 558. But next, we will be talking to Harvey Jones. For the fans, by the fans, Love Sport Radio. You are listening to the Crystal Palace Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with the Back of the Nest podcast. There are some tensions, I'm not going to lie. I am scared. James <laughs> is not happy with the game on the weekend at all. D.I., he's trying to calm it down. I think he might stick up for me. I'm not sure. But someone who will know a little bit more and joining us now, and you still can join us, tweet us at Love Sport Radio. Call us 0208 70 20 558. It is Harvey Jones, a Palace vlogger for 90minutes.com. Harvey, thank Thank you for joining us tonight and giving us a little bit of your time. Well, we've been talking about the game on the weekend. James is not happy at all with the tactics and he's almost set out. He's still rather negative. He didn't try to go to win that game. Do you agree? Um, Not really, to be honest. I mean, as the game went on, uh, I think that's a fair point to make because I think when we attack City or when we put balls in over the top in behind, you know, their makeshift back three looked really looked, looked like they were struggling under the pressure. And I did think as the game went on, we should have tried to go at them a bit more uh, and tried to, you know, cause them to uh, you make mistakes. But uh, the way we set up at the start of the game was exactly how I thought it would be. And I think how most fans thought it would be, you know, look to stay very compact, um, try and play how we did at the, in some ways, away to City last season, where we obviously got that amazing win, um, trying to, you know, close down the wingers and make sure they weren't as effective, make sure they try and cut inside to where... We've got to see the compact midfield and defence and try and not give them any space at all to work in. So I think the way we set up at the start of the game was absolutely spot on. But then as the game went on, and especially in the second half when we were chasing the game, I thought, yeah, we, sh- we should really try and push on here and try and put the uh, back three under some more pressure. I'll just change here. Hi there. Um, yeah, I, I think we did improve most certainly in the second half. And obviously we had a, yeah. a few chances, but... The disappointing thing for me is that because we started off so negatively, it was obvious from probably the second or third minute that we were going to concede. And and unfortunately, we did concede those two goals, you know, close to half time. And yeah, unfortunately, when you're 2-0 down against Man City, it's, it's always an uphill struggle. So ideally, yeah, I saw improvements in the second half, but for me, it was it was, it was was just a bit too late. No, I agree with that. Equally, I think that, I don't think anyone would have expected us to keep a clean sheet however we set up against City, to be honest. I think I don't, I don't think we've ever kept a clean sheet since we got promoted against City. So I, I, I do get your point, though. I think that, especially in the second half, when we started to improve, we could have looked to kick on a bit. Um, Edison, uh, you know, that was an amazing save from Benteke, and then he made another amazing save from Zahar after that, and they were two big moments, of course. Uh, and a bit of frustration there, as, I, as we've mentioned, that we didn't kick on from those uh, moments either to, to try and uh, take the game to City a bit more. But overall, I, I think, 
you know, although City probably should have scored more than two, I think it's fair to say, um, to get a clean sheet in that second half, to, you know, keep it down to 2-0, I think there were positives out of the game for sure. At the end of the day, you know, where we're sitting in the table, it was a, a, a free swing of the bat, to be honest, against City at the weekend. So I don't think anyone could have been too disappointed coming away there, um, necessarily losing, um, or with the manner of the defeat, in my opinion. Hi, Harvey. Um, going into the game, <clears throat> I thought this was a good opportunity for Wilf to actually prove himself. What do you make of his performance um, against City? Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think that he, he's had, by his standards, a poor season so far, definitely. Um, still looking for that first goal. Uh, I think that, again, he did, first half was really frustrating for me because uh, there were moments where he was in behind. Uh, I think where Sterling, uh, at, the, at the start of the half, Sterling tra- trapped back and managed to defend uh, a run in behind from Wilf and it was quite frustrating that he, he didn't look like he was on it at the weekend and sometimes you can just tell whether he's in that frame of mind where okay he's going to have an amazing game today and you, you have that feeling uh, at times when he you know he's not going to turn up I think and I feel like that was one of the one of his moments and it goes back to like a consistency argument with Wilf I think there are times where maybe that set you know the difference between him being a consistent starter maybe for a, a top European club and not quite being at a level is probably a consistency uh, and we all love him of course at Palace and we all know how good he can be and how, how good he has been at the club he's absolute legend of the club but I think consistency is key for Wilf at this stage of his career and we, and it was not just for his career but obviously for the Palace as well and I think again City at the weekend he it was just clear from uh, from especially his first half performance that he wasn't really into the game and and arguably should have got subbed off in the second half. I think that um, he wasn't really adding anything to the team. Unfortunately, he just wasn't in that right frame of mind. It's unusual, actually, how as a team we're doing so well this season, and yet Wilf is probably having a poor season. Um, yeah. As you say, he hasn't scored. Uh, for me, you know, he, he's not the player he was last season. Um, and I would worry that, you know, come January or, or the end of the season that, you know, we're not going to get the bids that we want and obviously what Wilf wants to, to move on. Um, and there's going to be this uh, problem with uh, the owners and uh, Wilf. But, um, yeah, I, I I just hope that he do, it does click somehow. I do get very, very frustrated with Wilf, especially at the weekend. There was an incident where, you know, the ref or the, the players, and he just kept going on and on and whinging and moaning. And I think a lot of us have just had enough of that. And, and that's not helping, you know, the the way, you know, his conduct with, with on the pitch is, is now, you know, the fans are becoming affected, affected by it. And uh, it, it's harming his, it's harming his, probably his value, his confidence um, and, you know, um, his relationship possibly with us fans. So um, it is a become, becoming a bit of a concern to me. Yeah, I think that's a fair point to make. I mean, uh, I think he's always had that issue in terms of uh, discipline with referees. I think even obviously from a young age, he was even worse. Uh, he's got slightly better, but he still has those moments where he's just like, we'll just walk away, you know, get back into shape, try and calm yourself down. Uh, but then equally, on the flip, flip side, you could say some of our best moments or some of Will's best moments for the club has been when he's uh, been riled up by opposition fans or by poor refereeing decisions, or, or in his eyes, poor refereeing decisions. And he's gone on to then score a goal. I think Huddersfield's a good example last season where he scored a fantastic solo goal and uh, you know gave it large to the Huddersfield fans afterwards after getting a lot of stick in that game. So I think, you know... He's, he's definitely a streaky player, Wilf, I think it's fair to say. Um, and he kind of feeds off of, off of fans and off of, um, you know, refereeing performances as well. And he, he's very, very, uh, I think his moods really sways depending on uh, the referees and, and decisions being given against him or, or you know, or not being given. Um, and he's just that kind of player. I don't think that's ever going to be um, necessarily coached out of him, if you like. I think Roy Hodgson is one of the best um, man managers that we could have as a, as a manager at Palace at the moment. And uh, if he can't do it, I don't see any manager being able to stop Wilf doing that. <laughs> Looking ahead to our next game against Arsenal, um, do you see Roy making any changes? And um, Also, what's your score predictions for the game? Tough one, because I think that we, we never usually have... Uh, great success away to Arsenal obviously bar last season 
Um, it's normally a tough place for us. Um, we've had some hammerings there. I've witnessed a few myself. Um, but I, I do think that the way Arsenal are playing at the moment, obviously they're a different team away from home. And if this was a reverse fixture at Sellers Park, I'd be a lot more confident. But I do mm. think that similar to the way well, the way we set up against all, all top top six sides, in my opinion, where we sit pretty deep, compact and look to break quickly on the counter, I think that is the most effective way um, for clubs of our level to, to try and get anything out of these games against the top six sides. Um, in terms of formation and lining up, I think that Roy will probably go with the same team, in my opinion. I don't see him making too many changes. I think that uh, up front especially, I think I was a definite starter. I do feel sorry for, for Venteke in some respects because uh, I think that he doesn't really get as much uh, good enough service when he's on the pitch to, to be as effective as he was in that uh, first season he was for Palace. Um, but the way I use playing, he has to start. I think he's been brilliant this season so far since signing permanently. Um, and I, really, I think the only question mark over who will start in the, in the in the 11 could be in the defence to be honest I think uh, Tomkins obviously first came back from injury I thought he did very well against City but really being thrown in the deep end at the weekend and it was clear he was really feeling uh, a lot of fatigue near the uh, 70th minute um, I thought he did really well probably the hardest game he'll have coming back from an injury um, or starting your season um, so I think whether he will start in this game and, and you know, Cahill and Tompkins could definitely be our starting partnership going forward or Cahill, Sacco. I think Cahill's nailed down that uh, starting spot. It's just going to be who's going to start alongside him. Even Kelly's, you know, making a name for himself or, or trying to force his way into that starting 11. He's never, he's never let us down. So I think it's that centre-back role that could be debatable, but I think the rest of the team will be stay the same. Um, and if I had to go for a prediction, then I'm going to be optimistic and going for a uh, 2-1 win away from home. Keep two. a good run, good run of form going, hopefully. <laughs> 2-1 win. Harvey, really appreciate you coming on tonight. It was really good to chat to you. It was a real pleasure. Harvey Jones there, Palace vlogger, vlogger for 90minutes.com. Next day, we will be talking about a few certain contract extensions for a few people that have taken up time on this show. From Ali to Zaha, we've got it covered. Love Sport Radio. You are listening to the Crystal Palace Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with the Back of the Nest podcast, James Howard and Dr. Kernaz. We've been talking everything where the Eagles are concerned. We've not been agreeing tonight, but it's making for a good show. We're having debates, whether it be the team, the formations, the manager, lots of things to talk in. Two more talking points now. We can have another debate because we can continue this further before we look at the Arsenal game on the weekend, one in which I'm sure Palace fans, the team, will fancy their chances. Dr. I want to ask you uh, a couple of things from the game. Firstly, would you have started Ben Teke? Because it's been such a big theme of this show. You know, him finding his confidence. You know, let's actually try shooting. Let's go on that front foot. Nearly did score with that header. You would have started him. I mean, I'm looking at it during the game. And even before the game, when I actually saw the lineups, I thought City was going to start with central defenders because that's a normal thing to do. Mm. (laughs) But they decided to go with two midfielders in defence. And I was thinking, I was saying... If Benteke started this game with his size, I feel like the game could have been different because when Benteke did come on, you saw what Pep done. He reacted to it and he put on John Stones. And you look at John Stones this season, he's been one of the weakest link in defence. Mm. So, I mean, it would have made the game more interesting in a way. And also, he's got the size and strength and we were beating, we couldn't really control the ball. And every time we booted the ball up there, Jordan Ayew hasn't got the height to get the balls. So, I feel like it would have been a bit different and... It was just in my head, lingering in my head, like, what if we start with Benteke? And it would have meant John Stones would have started as well. Yeah, fair point. However, you know, two weeks ago, we were sitting here and we said we don't want to see Benteke play again because we felt he was that rubbish. Um, But I do see a point. Um, I think that the tactics, if the tactics were slightly different, then we would have got more out of it in the first half. I know there wasn't the height, but I still feel that we could have maybe pushed and played 4-3-3. And even if we just play it to feet, then we might have got somewhere. Um, We were at home, we got the crowd behind the team, it might have worked. But for sure, you know, Ben Teke did make things happen. Um, Certainly did when he first headed the ball because it was a brilliant save that denied him a possible goal um we've got nobody else i think this is something mm. we're going to be talking about you know with 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 uh possible transfers Morelos, yeah. and stuff but 
you know, who else have we got that's a big, strong centre-forward? Because I don't know anyone else. Well, this is it. They gave the contract extension to mm. Conor Wickham, Benteke in and out of form. Should he be starting? Should he not? Obviously, got the goal in the international break. Let's quickly talk about it because contract extensions are being spoke about at a minute. DR, what is the latest on them? Do you know? Yep. Uh, Benteke and Tompkins both signed a contract extension uh, with the club. Benteke, I think, until the end of next season. And uh, Tompkins is two more years. Um but with a Benteke one, look, I wouldn't start him against Arsenal. I just thought due to the mismatch, he might have he mm. might have offered something different. But the Benteke contract extension, as much as people are angry about it, I understand the club's reasoning for it. You don't want to lose a player like Benteke's calibre for free. I still feel like, yes, in England, he doesn't have much value. But if you go abroad and if you're talking about, I can talk about Turkey because that's where I'm from and I understand how they rave on about players from the past. But Benteke, if Benteke goes to Turkey... He will sell tickets. And I mean, Falcao, when you. And will he score goals, though? I think he will. I Mm. think he will. And I mean, just that, like, Ben, there's still a possibility of Benteke moving abroad. And. I feel like is that do you think that's the reason why they signed him yeah, to a contract yeah. for the transfer yeah. fee I, rather than him there? Yeah, and also in the summer we saw it with a, um, I think it was a Chinese club who were interested in Benteke for around fifteen million pound, which we turned down. And I guess that's because we haven't got any other striker options, and the workload would have been massive on Jordan Ayew. So I feel like there is a still interest in Benteke, not here but abroad. So I understand why we did sign him to a contract extension. Well, maybe sign him to that contract extension. Sorry, James, because, you know, get that transfer fee. But they haven't got anyone else, as James mentioned. We're, we're seeing today, only mid-October, being linked with Alfredo Morelos up at Rangers, 20 million. Can we buy into these rumours? We're always worried about, will Palace invest? And they didn't really in the summer. And if they are going to invest, are they going to do it in the winter transfer window in January, James? Uh, I'm not so sure we've got that sort of money. And I wouldn't be... I mean, I know Dougie Friedman, our ex-player and mm. scout, has been up in Scotland, been looking at this player but you know 20 million for a player that you know plays in the Scottish League I mean you know come on the competition up there isn't the same as it is in the Premier League Uh... How would you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And then you've got the likes of possibly Giroud, who could be coming, who could come over for a cut price, three million pounds, a bit like are you, you know, because he just can't get in Arsenal's, uh, Chelsea's team, mm. sorry. Um, I would prefer to, to, I think the club, and I would possibly prefer that the club just seek out um, a proven player if they haven't got the money uh, like Giroud and say I think Giroud would be an absolute class but do you think he'll work work at Palace that's what I'm wondering I mean he's an upgrade to Benteke but in terms of the style of football that we play I'd rather that we get Michu Bashuai than Giroud in all honesty I disagree I would would prefer Giroud Um, I think that he's the sort of player we need to keep hold of the ball and retain possession. And, you know, you guys, you remember a player, Teddy Sheringham, that was a fantastic player at doing that. And he went on into his mid-30s as a very, very good striker. And all he did was, you know, a tall guy, kept possession, knocked, laid it off, brought other players into play. 
I, I would I would be happy to see Giroud. There is a there what we were um I was quite keen on this Russian international over the summer that we were looking at for about twenty, mm, twenty five million, yeah. Mm. And he was quite young, he was like twenty one or twenty two and, and he still he, is quite young. Yeah, probably <laughs> six months older than that. <laughs> but uh, but but I would be very, very interested, you know, in 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 maybe buying somebody that's, that's that's been doing the business for at least a season or two like this young lad has in Russia and the Russian league you know it's a decent league we're saying that though but you said earlier uh, the uh, Scottish yeah. Premier League we can't compare that can we compare the Russian you know top league to the Premier League of England can, can we James you can't that... compare it to the Premier but League you, but compared but to Rangers the... are playing in the Europa League as I'm sure the Russian yeah. you know top yeah. oh, I, I, you can't surely compare because Morelos has been absolutely lighting it up for Rangers on all fronts yeah, but you know it, it's Celtic. Celtic are the dominant team, and up in Not Scotland, but Rangers are pushing them at it. Yeah, yeah it's a huge start race so, this year. I, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, personally, I'm I'm a little. I've got a question mark over players that are, you know have just done it for half a season up in Scotland, uh, especially at that price. Um, I don't think the. I don't know. I would think it unlikely that the club would sanction that sort of money on a player. And I think there's a question mark over his attitude. Mm, that you don't want a bad apple in the dressing room, DR. Mm, you don't want that. And I don't think we'll go for players with bad attitude. And I, only, I don't see this happening without the sale. And also Drew as well. I mean, I'm looking at his wage, um, wages. I don't know if it's accurate, but on this website here, it's saying 120000 a week. And... Do we even have the financial ability to that actually might offer not be that correct though? Will it 120,000? Okay, a week? well, he's not going to be cheap though. Mm, no, like, no, well, I, and, I he, and his agent, that... whether that's out there, his agent knows he's come to the Premier League, he's, he's going to want to get paid exactly, especially if we go for three million and mm. his agent can use it like you didn't pay nothing for him, so time to pay. You him. know, I mean, if 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 it's between him and Batshuayi at 20 million ish, I would go for Batshuayi personally. Because he's been here, we well, know what he what he's capable of, what he offers. What about Bachelor and Drude? Oh, well, that'd be yeah, ideal. If we got both of them. No, no, no. Oh, I mean, between the two of them. Yeah, I mean, we're not that I rich. Th- yeah, no, I thought you meant both of them. Then no, I thought no, no, happy, no, happy no, days. No, 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 no. It's all Christmas. He's come at once. No, I hope Steve Parrish isn't listening. Thinking yeah. our expectations yeah. are up. That's there. a very no, hefty no, advent calendar. No, no, DR, no, you're no, getting no. above your station. No, no. What about between? So, if you had to pick between Bachelor and Drude, who would you go for? Bachelor for twenty million or Drude for three million? I'd well, prob- I mean, yeah, good point, actually. Uh, Giroud for Giroud, three million. I would say Giroud for three million, yeah. I'll still go back, sure. Do you know what? You're talking... If you're if it was closer, it's a different conversation. If you're telling me, I don't think he offers 17 million more for for the production and points and goals. That is a it's, to pay in today's money three million for Giroud and pay 20 million. I think that's slightly different. I just I just feel like you will, is he going to win you games on his own? But Shrey will win us games, and he's, he's shown that last when he came in. But Giroud season. can play a big part as well. I don't think he's worth 17 million more. That's you know if James said we haven't really got the money to spend three millions, you're not really. Spending it and you're getting a, a caliber of Giroud. I just think you look at this season, Jordan Ayu, um, and then you look at Batshuayi. I don't think you could directly compare them, but you could see the similarities um, between the games. Mm. And with Giroud, I feel like he's more of a more related to Benteke. And we saw what happened with Benteke. We don't really play to his strengths. Yes, Benteke is not scoring goals, uh, but we also don't play to his strengths as well. And with Giroud, we might have a similar case there. I'd rather us, if we do have the money, spend on a player who's proven in the system under Roy Hodgson then go cheap option and just hope for the best. Well, I love it. Middle of October, we're already talking about transfer yeah, exactly. rumours, whispers. <laughs> the speculation begins right here on the Crystal Palace fan show. Just quickly, though, I did want to ask about the game. There was a moment when De Bruyne felt like he should have had a penalty. It's been a big talking point in the game. I want to see if you felt it because it was from Wilf. He committed the foul. Firstly, I want to know if you thought it was a foul, but obviously when Zaha is involved, the story is always blown up. It's bigger than it is, and people are saying that these are the type of penalties that Zaha wins. If it was him, he would have definitely wanted a foul. Pep said, you know, he he was quite angry about it. Where do you both stand on it from what you've seen? Honestly, if you take off your Crystal Palace hat. Honestly, I thought it was a penalty, Mm. and the person I was sitting next to thought it was a penalty, but I wasn't close enough to see it. So the ref didn't didn't give it. Mm. 
on replay, I can understand why VAR didn't give it because mm. it wasn't 100% clear and obvious to me, not compared to all the decisions. Well, I don't think VAR needs to be at the minute. We're having some exactly, big yeah. worries with VAR. I mean, clear yeah. and obvious doesn't I've, quite come into yeah, it. Yeah, I've backed VAR a lot, but I mean, mm. the events has happened over the weekend. Was it a penalty for you, DR? Or yeah, no? yeah, it was a penalty. Mm. It was a penalty, but not only the Palace game. I know we're not going to talk about other games, but mm. like VAR this weekend, I feel like you had a mare. Mm. So, yeah. VAR, very strong talking point. We, it feels like we're getting more problems than we are. Maybe uh, we, we're never uh, happy not to see Nick on this show. Sad we're missing <laughs> him tonight. But maybe if we are talking about VAR, glad he's not here because uh, I know for one, he, he certainly wouldn't be happy about it. But VAR playing its part in the Premier League season, that's for sure. But next, we do turn our attentions to the game against Arsenal on the weekend, that massive London clash. Chris Davison, a uh, journalist, will be telling us more about it. Giving your team a voice. Love Sport Radio. You are listening to the Crystal Palace Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with the Back of the Nest podcast, James Howard and DR Kernas. We are talking everything where the Eagles are concerned. It's been a heated show tonight, a passionate one, a good one. Always the debate rages on. Roy in, Roy out, the formations, the team. But they are doing well this season. They know their art and they fancy their chances on the weekend. And on the weekend, it is Arsenal. Good recent memories for Palace. Arsenal, what will they play? at last night someone who will know more Chris Davison journalist now joins us Chris thank you so much for giving us a little bit of your time this evening huge game on the weekend for Palace for Arsenal and Unai Emery it seems yeah good afternoon um, uh, or evening should I say Um, yeah absolutely I think um, especially after our result um, last night it makes uh, the weekend's game even bigger now Um, we need to bounce back Um, we need to to try and get the three points and uh, yeah, just really turned things around really after a terrible performance last night. Um, you know, I must admit, uh, I was expecting a tough game against the, obviously a newly promoted side who, um, who have been been doing well actually. You know, got results away at Everton. Um, maybe should have got something at, uh, against Liverpool as well. So I, I wasn't expecting it to be easy, but um, I was at least expecting us to to really um, give it a lot more a more effort. You know, it was just a very tame performance. We didn't look up for it. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, it was it was very disappointing. Yeah, hi there, it's James here. Um, hi. I think there. Yeah, hi. I think that um, it's going to be an interesting game at the weekend, um, and I'm struggling to predict it. Um, but mm. do you think that Arsenal um, are the team and have the manager to produce a reaction to what happened last night? Um, or do you think, which is what I'm hoping, that they will uh, be playing with a lack of confidence on Sunday and possibly a bit nervous and we might be able to get on top in certain ways. I'm not saying, you know, we could win, but we might get, uh, you know, something out of the game. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, if you can cause our defence a few problems and, you know, you've got players that that can do that, you know, the likes of Wilfred Zaha, etc., then um, yeah, it will, we'll find it difficult. Our defence is, is struggling, and it has been it has been struggling for a very long time now. Um, I think the amount of times us Arsenal fans have said, "Oh, you know, this is a really poor game yesterday. We've got to bounce back from it next week." And yet again, there has not been a, a reaction to the, the previous disappointment. It's just been more disappointment. So it, it wouldn't surprise me if we. we um, we struggle again at the weekend. You know, obviously, we'd like to think we 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 will be stronger overall at home. Um, you know, <laughs> saying that as long as it's not a repeat of what happened in this fixture at home last season, and I'll I'll, I'll be happy. But um, yeah, I think absolutely. If you can cause our defence problems, um, if you just play your football, um, you know, we you'll 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 do well. I think um, it is. It's just the thing with Arsenal at the minute, um, and like I said, we've seen it in, in the past as well. Um, it's just we think there's going to be improvements. Um, we think we're, we're going to we're going to do well in certain in certain games in certain weeks, but sometimes we we're not on it at all. Um, we it, it, like last night, we had to be on it from kick off because we knew it was going to be a tough game, um, but we just didn't look up for it. 
Chris, how can Arsenal shake this tag? Because obviously on Love Sport, we do all the fan shows and whenever they're facing, say, a, a City or a Liverpool, they say, oh, tough game this week, City on the weekend, Liverpool on the weekend, regardless if it's home or away. When it's Arsenal, every team says, we fancy our chances. Doesn't matter we're going to the Emirates or, you know, Arsenal are away. You know, they're yeah. a team that they always feel these sides can get a result. How, how do Arsenal lose that tag? You know, Patrice Evra last night saying Arsenal are still babies. Granite Xhaka come out and, you know, defend it, uh, sort of went against that statement. But it is true, isn't it? Teams always fancy their chances. Palace lost on the weekend. They feel they can spark back into life by beating Arsenal again uh, on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's, as hard as it is and as an Arsenal fan to listen to, to what people are saying when they're saying stuff like that, uh, it, it's hard to disagree with them. And, um, you know, I don't, I, I, you know we, we, if we want to finish in the top four, like the, the board have set out the manager to do, or the head coach, should I say, to do this season, then we've, we need to be winning games like last night. We need to be, you know, beating Palace at home at the weekend. You know, these are the sort of games we need to be winning. And if we went on, I feel, you know, obviously we were third the other week until um, other, other fixtures changed that, and obviously we lost last night. I think if we would have won last night, maybe gone back up, up to third, then... You know, people would be saying, oh, yeah, no, I've got a really good feeling at the moment and everyone would be praising the team, everyone would be praising Unai Emery. And because we did lose, everyone's on uh, getting on at Unai Emery again. The players are getting stick. Um, you know, football's a funny old game. I just feel that if, you know, if we could go on a bit of a winning streak, if we could get into some good form again and, and get the results that we really need to finish in the top four this season, then then I think that would, you know, have people talking a bit more positively about Arsenal. And, you know, the, the, another factor that doesn't help is that we had a really good summer in terms of transfer business. You know, we splashed the money, splashed the cash. We got we, we, we strengthened positions that we needed to strengthen. We got rid of dead, dead wood as well. Yet we're still still here talking tonight after a bitterly disappointment defeat at a, a newly promoted side from the championship. And it just seems that at the moment things aren't looking much improved at all. What have you made of Palace so far this season? We're sitting sixth in the table, but it's good to see like outside perspective as well. Do you, what do you think of Roy Hodgson as a manager? As well? yeah, um, well, you know, Roy's Roy's been about in his career, and you know, he's been managers at different, very different clubs. He's experienced, and um, you know, he's a he's a he's a he's a very likable manager um, as well. Um, and yeah, I think it's, it was very important for you uh, that you kept uh, Zaha in the summer as well. Obviously, we were one of the rumored clubs to be after him. Um, and he, he, he's a fantastic player, so he'll definitely help you going forward. Um, I, I don't. I, I mean, I remember reading a few things on social media in the tran- in the transfer um, window when it was open in the summer, and it, it seems as if your, you yourselves felt as if a bit more business could have been done to strengthen. But I think, from your point of view, you'll, you'll take where you are um, uh, at, at this point of the season. Six, like you said, it's not bad at all. Um, and yeah, I think you know, Selhurst Park is always a tough place to to go to as well. So that will be another tough fixture this season. Um, and yeah, like I said, you, you proved you, you proved to be a strong team last season as well in this fixture. Um, even though there were some terrible and horrendous errors from our point of view uh, as well. But you know, I think you'll you'll. Um, come at us all guns blazing at the weekend and uh, we it probably we won't find out a walk in the park again you know it'll be a tough it'll be a tough 90 minutes um how do you feel david louise has been doing for you this season um yeah, a, a mixture really you know he's one of those players where one week he can look you know the solid experienced player that he's mostly been his career and then some weeks he'll he'll look at, at um, all over the place um but saying that 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 is how our defense has been recently um, yeah, look, I think off the field he he's good for the, the the other players in the squad and especially the youngsters because, like I said, you know, like we all know, he's experienced. He's played at a top level for a lot of years now, um, so he'll help in that respect. I think um, obviously he knows Unai Emery quite well from his PSG days as well. Um, uh, look, I, I think collectively, really, it's hard to. To, to talk about one one player in this Arsenal squad at the minute, considering he's a defensive player as well, because it's just the whole defensive line. It just hasn't been good enough um, so far this season. It wasn't good enough last season. Um, so it's it's been quite hard to judge individuals, to be honest with you. But you know, I'm, I'm just hoping as a collectively as a, a back four, 
um, we can improve um, in the in the coming weeks because if we don't, then we will continue dropping points. It, it's as simple as that, really, from an Arsenal fan perspective. Well, Chris, we have to put you on the hot seat. What is your score prediction for the weekend? Uh, blimey. Um, I'll, I'll go for an Arsenal and I think we'll, we'll, we'll get it maybe about 3-1. I'll, I'll definitely see us conceding, as bad as that sounds, but that's just, uh, that's just how things are at the moment. Well, an Arsenal home win. Chris, we really enjoy talking to you. Chris Davison there, journalist, giving us the Arsenal perspective for the game on the weekend. Now I turn my attention to you in the studio. We'll start with DR. Firstly, how do you think the game's going to go and your score prediction? I've, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, you saw my face when I, I came into the studio. I'm actually looking forward to it. I still, I genuinely think that we've got all the chance to win the game. Mm. And I think my last two predictions, I don't know. I was, I was thinking about it after the game. I said two one to Palace and the West Ham game, didn't I? And two 0 to City. I feel like I got the last year. Well, right. We're gonna have to go back and check exactly. that because we can't give you the credit VAR, yet, can we, James? VAR, VAR, yeah. Wait, <laughs> wait for it. No goal. No, no, oh, no. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> right, this one, I'm going two one Palace. 2-1 Palace. Yeah. He's going for the hat-trick. He's only got the first two correct. James, how do you think the game will yeah, play in your um, score prediction? Well, I was surprised he said 3-1 to Arsenal because he was giving a review of Arsenal. And, and I was then, thinking, uh, he, I was expecting He was talking to say, Palace up and saying Arsenal mixed and he went 3-1. I, didn't went three, I thought, where yeah. did that come from? Yeah, that was but a I was left a bit, wing. It was, it was. It was really... <laughs> I, I was blindsided by that myself, James. But, um, yeah, I'm like, dear, I think this is an intriguing game, actually, because... Um, we need a bit of a reaction to Man City. All, Both albeit, teams do. Albeit everyone you know, felt that it, we were going to lose. But um, do you know what? I'm going to go for a one-all draw, sit on the fence a bit. Would you be happy with a point? I uh, would, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Arsenal, gotcha. Okay, happy with a point, but not necessarily the same tactics on the weekend, is it? Like Roy making a going for the game. Well, it's going to be... Because it's ta- different it's, away, it's yeah. Diff- I accept it's going to be different away from home. Okay. Uh, pressure's not on, so... But, you know, yeah, I'm hoping that we play better. Well, either way, James Howard says 1-1, DR says 2-1 Palace. My <laughs> prediction is... <sighs> I'm, I'm going to. Yeah, all right. <laughs> DR's, DR's in charge tonight. I, I think Arsenal will snatch it late, or, or I could easily see a score draw, but I think Arsenal might snatch it late. But either way, it won't matter. James has pulled a face, that's what I didn't want to say. But next week. <laughs> always goes against us. No, I never go against you. Next week, either way, whatever the result, we will always be here to decide it and review it and talk about it. As always, every uh, every Tuesday, uh, 8 till 9, I'm forgetting myself, I'm getting scared for James. This is the Crystal Palace Fan Show. <laughs> Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Sean, tell us about your upcoming Sean the Sheep movie. <coughs> oh yeah, that was a good bit. <coughs> really? I never looked at it that way. <coughs> wow, you do your own stunts. <coughs> Wait, that's my line. <laughs> See Farmageddon, a Sean the Sheep movie, as part of your year of endless adventures with Meerkat movies. <coughs> oh, spoiler alert. You just gave away the ending. <coughs> Qualifying purchase required. Tuesdays or Wednesday. Participating cinemas. Standard ticket only. Two-piece ticket free. One membership for 12 months. Conditions apply. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.